screwy ballyhooey Hollywood. Welcome to Screen Actor Skill, where we exp- <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> I want to keep that in. Uh, welcome to Screen Actors Guild, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the terrible films they'd rather forget. I'm your host, Michelle. Uh, the giant leather jacket that just won't quit. And, ooh, and I'm Henry, the series of terrible monologues <laughs> that haunt my dreams. Uh, I'm so <laughs> angry. <laughs> I'm so angry. Man, I'm mad. I'm mad too. And I had seen this movie before. I thought I knew what I was getting into, but I saw it when it came out. Yeah, I was not prepared. This, this be your fault. Uh, so I so last episode, uh, I had I was still not on solid food, and now I am. But I'm a little worried that I won't be able to be again <laughs> after ingesting the poison that is yeah. the movie film Geely. Oof. Uh, oh boy! So, so this is our Ben Affleck episode, who is not an Oscar-winning actor. Yeah, just an Oscar-winning man who is an actor. Yeah, he's an he's an Oscar-winning Hollywood celebrity, uh, Hollywood royalty, really. And there, uh, there are three Oscar-winning people in this movie. I thought I could sneak this movie in under the guise of making it an Al Pacino vehicle, perhaps a Christopher Walken joint, but like those two people spend maybe five minutes total in this film, so we're kind of going with Ben Affleck. Yeah. Not only only is this a movie that stars three Oscar winners, this is a movie directed by an Oscar-nominated director. Yes, yes. Written and directed by an Oscar-nominated director who also directed, nominated for Scent of a Woman, uh, did Bev- all the Beverly Hills Cop yeah, movies. Yeah, Midnight did, Run. Uh, Midnight Run. Like, a legit... A good director. Direct, Not a director, director, a real never, director. Who never worked again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely never worked again. I can't no, imagine my choice. IMDb page stops at Geely. Yeah, yeah. It's like he fucking got blinked out of existence by fucking Josh Groban in the purple suit. Like, it's so brutal. This couldn't be more his fault. This is not one of those situations where an like a director was tasked with with like some actors that weren't very good and a mediocre script and just like a comedy of tragedies went down. No, he wrote it with his mind and his two hands. He created this out of his psyche and then he birthed it into fruition. This thing is his fault. He needs to accept all blame. And took it very seriously while he was making it. So I am, I am to be on the Geely page doesn't have, uh, many like production quotes, but he has like a whole production journal that on his IMDb page you can find all of his like his quotes about making it yeah. while he was making it, and th- the dude was very excited about the movie oh, that he no. was making. Oh, that makes I it know. so much worse. It, God. it hurts. It hurts deep. This was a passion so, project for him. Yeah, and I mean. You can feel the passion in the script. It's just, it's just passion about despicable things. It 
the most unhinged is... I have felt watching a movie since <laughs> Highway, but it sort of surpasses Highway because Highway is objectively just the shittiest, but it also had a budget of like $2 and no one saw it. So its impact was really narrow. This one like had yeah. a big boy budget and a lot of people saw it and it just abuses the actors that are in it and everything about it is like, it is offensive on every level. It's offensive on every level. Yeah, it is. We haven't watched a truly despicable movie since Highway. Mm-mm. And and this, yeah, there's, there's echoes of the like grotesque male sexuality on display of Highway, yes. but without like any of the ex- yeah without any of the excusability of like they clearly made this movie with like a, a tin can and like somebody who's scri- like trying to scribble down pictures of people and turning it into a movie like this this is big budget this movie is like if that Jeremy Piven scene from Highway became the whole movie yes because it's God, it's just so much it. of one guy talking forever about bullshit and then another person just monologuing for absolutely ever. It's a series of monologues like someone was preparing like like a theatrical kind of performance. Like this was meant to be like recited on stage. Yeah, it's soliloquies. <laughs> yeah, it's soliloquies. So, so this... So the plot of this movie, insofar as there is a plot of this movie, Ben Affleck plays Larry Geely. Rhymes with and they make a big deal about really. his rhymes with really. His name is not Jiggly, which you get a bunch of times in the movie, yep. like four separate times. Yep. It's not Jiggly. Uh, which, you know, as an audience member, you get the once and don't need it again. But the movie's very clear that this is funny and you should enjoy it as often as possible. Yeah. And With so zero he's... payoff. It never matters at all that his name is mispronounced. It's just like a throwaway joke that they hammer home so many times. Right. It's just like vaguely emasculating, which like kind of fits with the yeah. like the whole vibe of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so he's a he's a mob hitman in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You never know that he's a hitman. He's like he's an enforcer. He's you, you're introduced to him. He's a criminal. Talking, There's just kind of like yeah, a garden a, variety mob guy. Although the mob boss that he works for, who is maybe also a waiter, uh, is. <laughs> Is like very clear early on that his reputation is that he's a real badass. The yeah. only image you get of that in this movie is that he's stuffed an old man into a large washing machine. Uh-huh. And that, I mean, that's that's the exposition where you get that, like, this is a mobster to be very scared of. Yeah. Uh, because he does put an old man in a washing machine and not turn it on. And, and that, so he's... He's told by this mob boss, who looks a lot like comedian Nate Bargatze. I know oh, that it's yeah, he not, yeah, he but he looks does. a lot like like a scruffy version mm-hmm. of comedian Nate Bargatze. And this mob boss, why we should talk about him? It's like the movie goes above and beyond to like 
try to show that it's a mob movie by every character taking like 300 words yeah. to say, I need you to do a favor for me. Be like, ah, oh, you know, I got this friend who lives in, the, uh, you know, not this city, but the other city, you know, the bigger city on the <laughs> other coast, not this coast. And this friend, he might, you know, in uh, some way or another, need some kind of a sort of favor, but you're know, not a fa He might need you to just like, fucking dude, this movie <laughs> does not need any of this. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's two-hour runtime. It's brutal. They really just, they drag you through it. And it takes place in, like, yeah. two locations. Also, <laughs> yeah, also, like, a it's theatrical a performance. Yeah, you could yeah. really just watch this whole thing happen on, like, like, a closed stage. Like, that's it. You don't need any costume changes. You don't need any setting changes. You're really just staring at a series of um, dark backgrounds while someone just... Yeah, gets on a soapbox, talks about something real dumb for like six or seven minutes. In dark backgrounds with nothing in them. Mm -hmm. Like, the, no. The, no, the no set information. for this movie is nothing. Yes. It's a fucking series of walls. And once in a while, like, uh, a meaningless neighborhood in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, after the, like, 6,000 words to explain that the mob boss needs Ben Affleck uh, to, to do some favor, it's basically like, I need you to kidnap this person. So flash forward to Ben Affleck walking into an, uh, an adult foster care facility uh, and meeting a series of developmentally disabled people yeah. uh, who, you know, the extras do appear to be developmentally disabled people. Oh, my God. <laughs> they uh, did everyone so dirty in this that you absolutely cannot put real developmentally disabled people in the background of this movie that is just nothing but offensive to that whole community. Nothing but offensive. So he walks forward to find the person he needs to kidnap who is uh, dug from the hangover. Yeah. But younger, because it's before The Hangover, but still, dug from The Hangover, regular, regular, regular neurotypical actor. What's his name? Justin, uh, Justin Bartha. Bar, Bar yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although, in my notes, he is Hangover Doug Rain Man, because mm -hmm. he is doing the most bizarre... I don't understand. ...like, Rain Man impression, uh, mixed with some, like, other stereotypical developmentally disabled yeah. stuff but like regularly returning to the rain man like bob back and forth squinty eyes Baywatch like is, repeat the same thing over and over again yeah Baywatch is kmart like it's just like a switch out yeah and uh a thing that really brings that home for me that that directorial and acting choice is that fucking martin best the director of this movie or breast or whatever mm -hmm. was uh, was supposed to direct Rain Man and got pulled out of it at the last minute. No way. Oh, my so, God. So this is clearly like him <laughs> nursing this Rain Man grudge his entire wow. adult career life. What a baby. Uh, yeah. It's the the treatment of this, the treatment this movie makes of how developmentally disabled people behave. Yes. 
is the most offensive thing we have encountered on this show so far. I can't even get into it. There was things like there were things they were saying and I went to write it down and then I was like, no, I'm not going to repeat these things on the show. I just don't want to say it like I might have to repeat some of these things. Yeah, but like Uh, it's just nonstop. Like he basically he kidnaps this older teen, young 20s, like developmentally disabled boy, essentially, and then just abuses him verbally for the duration of the movie. Yeah. Uh, if the drinking game was wh- to drink every time they used the word retarded, I would not have made it through the movie without passing out. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. It's it's despicable. Yep. Uh, and, like, there are decisions that they make from the jump about how they're going to treat this character. So, Ben Affleck is, has, you know, has kidnapped... Uh, sort of unknowing, like the, you know, the Hangover Doug character, Rain Man, doesn't realize he's been kidnapped. And Ben Affleck's just driving with him in the car, and there uh, uh, is some kind of convertible. And he says, oh, do you hear uh, my walkie-talkie? Uh. And then he reaches into his glove compartment and pulls out a flashlight yeah. and talks in the flashlight and makes an excuse of why they can't go see the Baywatch uh, and puts the flashlight back. And then takes out his cell phone and makes a call on the cell phone. Like, the both the, the fucking writing and directorial decision and the character decision, like, none of them line up. Like, if you're going to fake that, you just fake it fake on the it cell phone, the phone, right? That you like, have in your hand. The, the way that they beat us over the head with the fucking flashlight that this person is not intelligent. Yeah. Meanwhile, he keeps calling. He also, oh yeah, it's like some Tourette shit too, uh, right? right? Like, uh-huh. yeah. He, the first thing he says, the first thing that like uh, Doug Hangover Rain Man says to Ben Affleck is, "You must be the stupidest person, you pisshead pisser fucker." Just like, yeah, it's just kind of like don't. a miasma of different things, like different developmental quirks. I think that's how the movie is treating it. But yeah, he pulls out his yeah. mag light, talks into that like it's a phone, and then seconds later pulls out his actual phone. So word of week, he's just fucking with him. Yeah. And that is like exactly for, how for he behaves jollies? for the rest of the movie. I have to point out, this movie came out in 2005. It has a really interesting, the treatment of landlines versus cell phones in this movie <laughs> is baffling to me. Yes. It is. It can't yes. decide whether phones are everything, something that people have on hand at any given point in time, or if you have to go to your neighbor's house to use their landline to make a local call because your phone isn't working. To make maybe, to make probably <laughs> yeah. a local call, to be clear. When Jennifer Lopez introduces herself, she says, I need to use your phone, it's probably a local call. Cool. I'm... I'm old enough to know about local calls, and you, like, you know, you know which one you're making. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> so, oh my god! At this point, so yeah, he has kidnapped uh, Hangover Dog Rain Man, and they're back at his apartment. And Jennifer Lopez, like, sex, she sexifies her way into the apartment, yeah. asking to use the phone, uh, and then like sort of suddenly tells Ben Affleck that she is also involved in this kidnapping hostage situation. Yeah. 
at which point Ben Affleck calls the mob boss, who is still at the same sidewalk cafe that he was where we met him. I think it's supposed to be a day or two prior. So uh, one of my big questions in this movie is what is the mob boss's relationship to the sidewalk cafe? Because he's, he's giving recommendations to two people sitting at the sidewalk cafe when you meet him. And then again, when he, when Ben Affleck calls it. So like, is he, does he own it? Is he a server? Like, what is his relationship? I really feel like this movie just has such a hard on for mob stuff. And I feel like it's channeling that like Sopranos shit where they just sit outside of the deli and just like gabagool and hang out there having their meetings. (laughs) Because yeah, he's never not in this random cafe. There are not a lot of moments that take place outside of Ben Affleck's apartment, and I would say that most of them are at a cafe or inside Ben Affleck's right. car. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mob shit. Mob shit. So, and okay. this, up to this point, sorry. I just got to say, he gets very, okay, she's basically there to babysit him because he's a fuck mm-hmm. up. Even though there's no yeah. evidence that he's a fuck up. So far, he's... Apparently, offing people, throwing them in like, in uh, in the laundry, and then he successfully kidnaps this kid. So so far, I see right. no evidence of having fucked up. But apparently, he's a fuck and up. Not five minutes prior, the mob boss is like, "Your reputation is that you're like the baddest badass <laughs> yeah. in Los Angeles." But also, we're gonna put this random person on your case who you're not going to like, and somehow that benefits everybody. Um, yeah. He is quite indignant that he's being asked to be babysat, and he gives this monologue. I can't read. I'm not going to read all of it, but one of the... I'm the rule of fucking cool. You want to be a gangster? You want to be a thug? You sit at my fucking feet and gather the pearls that emanate forth from me. Excuse me, movie? Movie, movie, excuse me? There, man, you chose the exact opposite words that I wrote down. Other than I'm the rule of fucking cool... He, he begins it by saying, I am the fucking Sultan of Slick, yes. Sadie. Her name is not Sadie. She's introduced herself already. Uh, oh, weird. I'm the... Yeah. I'm just going to read the words that come out of his mouth exactly in order. I'm the fucking original, straight first, foremost, pimp, mac, fucking hustler, original, gangster's gangster. Yeah. That's just picking words out of a hat was what that is, Martin Brest. It sounds, what are you doing? It sounds like what... Like an old-timey person's idea of what a modern-day gangster would sound like. It just, okay, how the fuck old is Martin Brest when he's writing this movie? Is he just like an old guy that's like, what are the kids saying, fellow I think he was born in 51, so he was like 50? Not old enough to make that a problem. Yeah, I really just feel like it's... It's really dorky. There's so much of yeah. this like script that just it reeks of um of like a high school kid trying to sound like they're an like a mob boss. It's really embarrassing. Right. And trying it goes to on fit forever. in with older, cooler kids. So verbose, yeah. so wordy, so uh, long winded, man. And and shortly thereafter, we get the first. Tr- Truly inexplicable bon mot from Ben Affleck. In every relationship, there's a bull and a cow. And I'm the bull. I'm going to rewind to the first half of that. In every relationship, (laughs) there's a bull and a cow. That's a theme in this movie. It is possibly the theme of this movie. Michelle, what is... 
What does it mean? You know, he's just a masculine guy. When you get right down to it, he's just, he's, he's got horns. He's a bull. He's going to pump himself up in the bathroom yeah. prior to coitus and mm-hmm. talk yeah. about how much he is a bull. But when he gives the first bull and cow, they're not in a room. Like, he hasn't broached that they'll sleep in the same bed. He's just asserting his dominance. You know, the way a bull does over a cow. Like, <laughs> how how is that your go-to metaphor? Like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they really come back to it. It comes up a lot. He, he even brings yeah. it up right at the end of the movie. Like, it circles all the way back. And I, I feel like the whole thing is, like... Ben Affleck finding, losing, finding, and then losing again his masculinity. Yeah, but he definitely that's right. loses it ultimately, and it's like he never had it, but he's obsessed with it, and that's like the cornerstone of his character is that he's this misogynist who's also just kind of sort of bad at being a misogynist. Also, he's just bad at everything. Right. Yes, uh, but I do want to talk about that psyching himself up in the bathroom <laughs> scene. Uh, it's. It's one of the, like, 17 disgusting monologues of his. Yeah. Uh, there's a thing that he does in it. So he talks about, I guess at this point, he has invited Jennifer Lopez to sleep in his bed with him. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, sure, great. Uh, like you do. And <laughs> and he's he's got his shirt off in the bathroom, talking about how he's a bull, and, like, do you want the horn? Uh, and whatever. And then he grabs a dumbbell. And starts pumping the dumbbell in the bathroom. In his bathroom. He grabs a dumbbell (laughs) in his bathroom. He keeps a dumbbell in his bathroom. He also has weights in the main room. Like, you're spending so much time in the room. He's got a full weight set and a fucking treadmill in the main room. And he keeps a dumbbell in his bathroom. Yep. That's, That's just, like, how masculine he is, though, Henry. He's never not lifting. Or... Did I say that? I just confused myself. Yeah, he's never not he's lifting. He's never not lifting. He's always <laughs> lifting. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, that scene's insane. It's uh it's kind of, it's a treat though. I would say I would say that would exp- if I were trying to show someone this movie and give them an idea of what it was like to watch it, that's one of like a handful <laughs> of clips that I would say like this is what you need to know about this. We're going to show you, like, three things. And one of them is just Ben Affleck weightlifting in the bathroom, like, shake-weighting a real weight. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's shake-weighting a real weight, isn't he? Uh, yeah, does shake-weight exist yet? Oh. It's hard to say. I don't think it did. Oh, five? That's right around there. Uh, all right. So he gets out of the bathroom. He propositions Jennifer Lopez, who's reading a uh, book by uh Tich Nhat Hanh, uh the like a uh, spirituality book yeah, called peace like zen, peace zen buddhist monk yeah uh because you're supposed to learn that she's a sensitive interesting person and he he like pretty aggressively propositions her and she says you're not my type he asks what what part of like how am i not your type she says your penis yeah. uh, he's still not getting it he's still not getting it and then she says, which is too bad, because if I wasn't gay, I'd do you so hard right now. <laughs> which is just has, like... Has Martin Brist ever <laughs> met a woman or had I the know. pleasure? 
I know. Like <laughs> this is how this ladies is talk most... to men that they have it bad for. <laughs> this is the most fucking women character written by a man movie I have ever seen. So hard. And there's right a now. lot of those out there. I would do what did she say? I would do you so hard. Something very close to that. Yep, yeah. It's perfect. Uh, <sighs> this This is then followed by the best scene in the movie. Uh, which is uh, somebody knocks at the door. Oh, fuck yeah. And it's Christopher Walken as a police detective here to give you an expositionary monologue to explain what is happening in this fucking movie. Oh my God. He he says my favorite thing. (laughs) He also says my favorite thing. From the beginning, like the intro, he says, Larry, this is your mother. Larry, I have a chicken, which is funny on its own. Yeah. Like, everything Christopher Walken does in this movie, like, genuinely lands for me. It's such a treat. It's just Uh, a treat to watch. It is. It is. Uh, Do you want to do the honors of of giving us the the Walken exposition monologue and the beautiful culmination of it? Um, I didn't write down the entire thing. I did write down the pie portion, which is my favorite part. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the rest of it's just exposition. He's He's just just saying, like, you don't know nothing. You don't know what's going on. And then... (laughs) You know what I'd love to do? Go down to Marie Callender's. Get a big bowl. Pie. With some ice cream. Mmm. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. What? Is this <laughs> You interested? Movie? Sure. Interested? <laughs> the, the sound that he makes after put some ice cream on it. Yeah. Is the number one best part of the movie. Yeah. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to get it. But I'm gonna fail. We're gonna have to put it in to this. It's something like mmm, mmm, good. It's unbelievable. Man, you know what I'd love to do? Go down to Marie Callender's. Get me a big bowl of pie, some ice cream on it. Mmm, good. Put some on your head. Your tongue would slap your brains out trying to get to it. Interested? It's face melting. I watched it four times. It's the only good part of this movie. I had to rewind it. I like, I treated myself to that monologue a couple of times because I wanted to write it down. And also just because, I mean, clearly they just let Christopher Walken do Christopher Walken stuff. And it's perfect. I mean, someone wrote those words, probably at least, at least Martin Bress probably wrote Some most of them. of them. But also, like, it's just, it's just crazy boy nonsense, and it's wonderful. <laughs> right. right. Like, in context, it makes no sense. No. His, his character makes no sense. Apparently, if you're a gangster, everyone knows where to find you. Absolutely everyone shows up at this apartment unannounced. Um, so they're doing a really bad job laying low. And then a cop is able to just walk right in and start chatting away about <laughs> God knows what. And it has, it doesn't ever come to anything. He's not part of the movie ever again. Nothing he says, like, kind of matters at all. <laughs> no. He best. also, like, he... He regularly wanders back and forth in the apartment. You think, like, maybe ostensibly looking to see if Doug Hangover Rain Man is there. But he's... But he never goes... Like, he never checks this one-bedroom apartment, the closed door in this one-bedroom apartment. Uh, 
And and then when he decides to say that he wants to put pie on Ben Affleck's head, <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't pertain to the rest of the scene nope. or movie. It's like he just had a brainstorm of a thing that would be fun for him to do apropos of nothing. A big I would like bowl. to put pie and ice cream on I'd like to get a big bowl of pie and some ice cream on it. <laughs> put some on your head. <laughs> pause. <laughs> the pause between bowl and pie is your much tongue incredible. would slap your brains out trying to get to it. And interested? (laughs) The thing is, I am nothing but interested. I'm so interested. (laughs) Right, I want to follow that in this movie all the way that we can. (laughs) I just, I wish. just leaves. Could they have kept that tone for the entire movie? Just like silly, kind of silly. It's like Muppet Show vibe. It's so great. And that everything else is is a combination of offensive and boring, but I would say more offensive <laughs> than boring. I was more offensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um okay, the other thing, they're really shitty at like laying low for a lot of reasons, but they also take uh what are we calling him? Uh Justin Justin what hangover Dark Rain kid? Man is how, how yeah, I've been talking okay, about Yeah, okay, so him. Hangover Rain Man's character. They're taking him all over town. They're going to Adjarka. They're going to cafes. They have mm-hmm. a convertible, and they drive around with the top down absolutely everywhere. But they put him in this outfit that's meant to be a disguise. Now, Ben Affleck has been wearing a leather jacket. And when I first saw it on screen, I said, the only thing more offensive so far than this character is the leather jacket that we're going to have to see for the entire movie. <laughs> and it just, it won't, it won't quit. It's there the whole movie. He's got a second leather jacket that he puts on uh, Hangover Rain Man's body. That's like inexplicably huge. But oh, Ben yeah. Affleck's it's not, not a big his guy. Jacket. He's like right. a really average. He's the same size as the person who he lends the jacket to, and it fits him like a like a little kid that's borrowed his father's um, trench coat or something. It's this big, mm-hmm. oversized, thick, thick leather jacket. I'm glad you brought up the clothes. Because it, it leads me to another part of this movie that I love, which is that it has no idea what time of year or what temperature it is. Oh, my God. Uh, ben Affleck is dressed in, a, in like, a leather jacket the entire time. Hangover Rain Man in Los Angeles. is dressed in, like, a jacket over a hoodie the entire time. Jennifer Lopez is wearing basically no yeah. clothes the entire time. And it ends with, a, like, a bikini dance party on the beach... Uh, at the ocean, okay. where they're all like all the other characters are in like swimwear, and Ben Affleck is basically wearing a fucking parka, yeah. like in Los Angeles, California. What time of year is it, Martin Brest? Okay. Also, I don't. I'm not convinced it knows how anyone dresses because there's a scene where they're at a cafe, and there's some like, I I have questions for you. What age is that demographic supposed to look like? <laughs> right. Well, they're they're supposed to be high school students. Oh my in the credits, god! Because in the credits, they're high school students. They're having a meal, and then there's a group of punk teenagers. <laughs> these men, these thirty-two-year-old men. It is a group of nerdy white thirty-two-year-old men in beanies and those little like uh, Pinky Blinders hats and 
Mm -hmm. One of them has a laptop out. The other one is carrying a basketball. They're playing rap metal on a boombox. I don't know what decade it is. I don't know why these older white men are threatening presents to anyone. It looks like they need to get their homework done. But, like, I mean, adult ed is great. I have nothing against it. It's just confusing that the message (laughs) Jennifer Lopez walks up and gives them this long-winded monologue about how she knows Muay Thai and, like, all about how the things that she can do and t- ripping out someone's optical optic nerve and how that affects your visual memory. It's really detailed and really fucked up. And then it just, just takes so long. And then she ends the monologue saying like, uh, stay in school, study hard, keep your grades up. And I was like, wait, are we to <laughs> believe these are little teenage boys? They all look like they were the, like, like roadies. Like, uh, <laughs> It's beautiful. And then that extraordinary scene is just punctuated by Ben Affleck walking up, grabbing the computer, saying, nice computer. Yes. Breaks it in half. Breaks the laptop in half down the middle and says, here's (laughs) suckmydick.com. Oh, my God. Martin Brest, why? Far and away my favorite thing that he says in this movie I don't think that dot-com jokes had been a thing for a while at this point, but it truly highlights how disconnected from both reality and youth culture the writer of this movie was, and that at no point did like the casting director or anyone working on wardrobe just take him aside and say, hey, what if we just updated and maybe scaled younger, like skew younger with the cast and maybe like not so many references to... To the dot com boom, dude yeah. is the best line. I love that line. It you like that line? Uh, so from there, they're back in the convertible with the fucking federal prosecutor's kidnapped brother yeah. in broad daylight, and Ben Affleck gets a call from his mother, and he says, oh boy. "I can't. Somebody else do this, mom. Okay, I'll be right there." Slap cut. To it's just a giant butt, yeah, in a, a thong, pink thong, to, big old butt to to Ben Affleck with a handful of mom butt <laughs> in a thong, <laughs> giving her an injection of God knows what, and then we're 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 past it. Yeah. We never come back to why that happens. That's never explained, except that. He suggested that her neighbor get a handful of mom butt and inject it. <laughs> her threat was, if you uh, don't come uh, do it for me, I'll get the neighbor to do it. So he was there lickety split. But yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the slap, and, the slap cut where you're just looking at a close up of a big older woman's butt in a bright pink thong, and it's out and it's about, and that happened in the movie. That's his mom. That's his mother. That's his mama. Uh, and. God, everything that happens in that house Ugh. is is extraordinary. Because, one, you learn that Ben Affleck grew up there. So not only do we not know what year like what year it is oh my god i didn't even think about this because he's like got a jersey accent he has a jersey accent (laughs) he grew up in in southern california at the beach (laughs) and he's got this fucking knockoff sopranos guido accent and everybody does and his his extreme extra mom is like oh who's jennifer lopez this is a much this is a much more attractive one not like the dogs you bring home to me pigs what lady pigs 
pigs. Right. Pigs. Even worse. Yikes. She's the yes, who says like uh, he's she's better than most of. You should see some of the pigs he brings over. Absolutely, everyone in this movie hates women. <laughs> yeah, it's just as, <laughs> all the women, despicable. all the men. Everyone hates women with a fiery passion. <laughs> so, so Ben Affleck is like, no, nah, she's not with me. She's a lesbian, and immediately, Ugh. the mom says, you know. I didn't always used to be Larry's mother. He makes she makes real sex eye contact with J Lo. Says I used to be quite experimental, and then she kisses Jennifer Lopez on the mouth. She does do uh, that. She also immediately he, says she's been with uh, with fellas before. Am I right? Right. Like immediately right. finds out she's a lesbian. Step one. Step two. Uh, just cancels out the fact that she could be a lesbian. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Look me in the eye and tell me you don't bang dudes. And and I I used to be a lesbian. Let's make out. Uh, <laughs> you know how and, women interact with each other in mm-hmm, real world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and from there we approach the what I will call the crevice, the bottom of the movie. Uh, yeah, this is really where the worm turns, as they say. This is <laughs> yeah yeah the, where the worm or say the big toe turns. Uh, I can't, so they they then go back to Ben Affleck's apartment, which, by the way, earlier, uh, Ben Affleck refuses to go to a hotel, even though every single person on Earth knows where he lives. Yes. Because he refuses to leave his apartment because he lives here. Mm-hmm. This is an apartment with nothing in it. So it looks like, um, like a gutted hotel room. Yeah, it looks like a gutted hotel room. Yeah. Uh, and actually, this is one of the things that Martin Brest said he loved about the making this movie is how thoughtful the set design was. Are you kidding for this me? Do you just want the quote? Yes. Uh, it'll take me half a second, it's but I'll get you there. Set design. It does look like they arrived at a best Western and threw a mini bar in it to make it look like someone might live there, but not really though. It's, it's just mini blinds and tan walls and absolutely fucking nothing else. So, all right. This is uh, from the production notes. The character doesn't read, so there were no books. That's referenced in the movie. That's fine. They couldn't hang things on the wall because Geely has no art. Okay. Every day, they'd make a suggestion, and I'd say, no, you can't put that in. (laughs) It's much easier to dress a set with lots of things than a set that has nothing. But they did a magnificent job. One of my favorite subtle details is a little wall between the dining room and the living room. To me, that perfectly captured the atmosphere. Oh. What the fuck are you doing, <laughs> Martin Brest? <laughs> Did he lose his fucking mind on this movie? His favorite part was the absence of anything. Every day they came to me with more ideas, and every day I struck them down. I methodically said no, no more things. Actually, fewer Man, things. I would, I would watch a Heart of Darkness about the making of this movie for <laughs> fucking sure. So... So they're back in Ben Affleck's useless apartment, and uh, Jennifer Lopez is doing yoga. Yeah. And Ben Affleck decides to interrupt the yoga and stand next to her. And then (laughs) really, really pitch her on having sex with a man. Yeah. Uh, Really describe the penis and its usefulness to both society and, uh, and and it's genuine, it's physical appeal. 
the physical appeal yeah. of a phallus, as as well as its yeah. use, usefulness. Big on the yeah, usefulness. There, I I'm torn between just passing this by or reading every fucking word of this despicable monologue because it is, it's one of the worst things written. Is the thing about it? Yeah, it's followed up by a vagina monologue that I would say is definitely not as bad. It's st- not nearly as bad. It's stupid, Still- and it does say something. The mouth is the twin sister of the vagina. Is the fe- the thesis? <laughs> the thesis she's getting at is that the reason we love making out, everyone, that guys love making out, is because uh, the mouth is like a vagina. Good job, good job, movie. Interesting point. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure where that one came from, but it's 100% not as bad as the, the penis monologue, which I'm going to go ahead and request you read all of right now, please. Okay, okay. Uh, so it begins with, Jennifer Lopez has said that, uh, that men are not as good at cunnilingus as, as women are, which... Sure. Uh, ben Affleck says, well, the guys you've been with obviously didn't know how to bring home the pearls... When they were diving for oysters. <laughs> Full stop. If we're, if we're letting it all uh, hang out now, let me tell you something else. He's on a roll. You know, when it comes to pleasing a woman, your girlfriends, they're just at a natural disadvantage. It's like they might try hard, but they're not backed up by millions of years of genetic engineering, programming, instinct, Nature has evolved man for that purpose. Let's pause. To pause. Satisfy. Pause. <laughs> Lead the pack. What? Uh, it's why lesbians are always going out and spending all their dough on sexual appliances, erotic monkey wrenches, and shit. I love to the compensate... phrase erotic monkey wrench, and it's the, I know, name, it's actually it's pretty the good. name of my gutter punk band. <laughs> it's, it's such a good name. Uh, to compensate for what they don't have, what they aren't getting, then he raises his arm up, says, the penis. <laughs> That's right. It's very design, tells you everything you need to know. Forward motion with advancements, fucking progress into the dark, deep, mysterious unknown. It's like adventure seeking, obstacle eradicating. <gasps> it's just <laughs> Michelle they put that in the movie and then they recorded it and then they put it in the movie and then they actually put it on the screen oh my god okay so I have something to add I I usually when I watch this type of terrible movie I like to kind of I like to get a little taste of what all of the critic critical reviews were and how badly they raked them over the coals and how specifically they did it Roger Ebert was a fan of this movie And he was specifically a big fan of this scene. He had no negative feedback. He said it was two extremely witty monologues back to back and that the vagina ultimately wins this contest. He was smitten with this scene. I'm sorry. What? Yep. Big fan. Just really no notes, really. (laughs) (laughs) Clever. Uh, clever, wordy, witty. Uh, so, huh. so that's out there. Um, I will give it, I will give him this. The vagina does win this contest of monologues. It's, it's a little bit yes. of, it's a vagina monologues, um, 
kind of ripoff situation. Yeah. It's an it's an ode yeah. to vaginas. So in that I would way, say it, yeah, she wins. I would say it wins it by default. Of course. Like, the Affleck monologue just sort of forfeits by nature of cheating all that is okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I... And the whole time she's delivering the monologue, she's doing sexy yoga. So I just can't figure out, the movie can't figure out what it wants to be. Is it trying to have a feminist moment where it's like, yeah, vaginas, while also just making Jennifer Lopez spread her legs and, like, beaver shot the camera? (laughs) Pretty cool scene. (laughs) How embarrassing. This This also was a couple in love. In love and I think engaged at the time of release. Like, mm-hmm. this must be the most skin crawling thing to exist out there in the world. After the breakup, yeah. during the relationship, there's an extremely cringy sex scene that makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yes. No one wants to watch a real yes. life couple have these moments. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No one wants to watch this uh, anyway, but there's an extra layer to it. <laughs> Maybe the most high-profile uh, couple at the time, just really sending it. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, and then she, is, she has an oh. argument. She says, uh, if I were to ask you if you... Uh, there's there's like a, a little... He says, sure, to something that she asks him. And she oh, gives him yeah, like, a, if yeah. I asked you to move a bookshelf, you would say, sure. But if I were to ask you if you'd like me to suck your cock for 12 hours, you'd probably say yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to need you to repeat the number of hours, the amount of of oral sex that she's suggesting is the amount that would land you in a hospital. Both people in the hospital. She would get lockjaw, the chafing. No one should sign on for this. It's one and a half union work days. Yeah. Without without a coffee break, without a smoke break, that's so much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh definite God. overtime. I just can't. I mean, twelve hours. I understand hyperbole, but twelve hours is still so many hours. So many hours. You'd probably uh, say yes. You'd probably say yes. Uh, yeah. Oh God. So. That that monologue scene is followed by I guess there there's one thing that happens to me. It's like the only other thing. It it doesn't land with me once, but the second time it kind of lands with me, which is uh Hangover Rain Man asks Ben Affleck to read to him. Mm-hmm. And and there's this like pretty obnoxious scene where like, read to me, read to me, Larry. Read to him, Larry. Yeah, Larry, read to me. Like, read to him, Larry. God, I, couldn't believe this was in a movie. It's so like, many times. It seemed like a bad improv session. <laughs> yeah, everyone got uh, stuck in a feedback loop where they couldn't come up with yeah. the next line. You're like, and, <laughs> and yes, and mm, read to him, Larry. <laughs> and that, that scene is obnoxious, but it does set up a payoff of a callback scene where Ben Affleck is reading consumer products yeah. to, to Hangover Rain Man. And like that second one, I think he's reading Charmin Ultra to him. And like that, that kind of that kind of worked for it's me. It's funny. It's a cute uh, little joke. Yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with they that. They do joke. Un- unfortunately immediately follow up with uh, Hangover Rain Man rapping to Naughty by Nature in the kitchen, grabbing his dick over and over again. And, 
And this is also the first time that they introduce us to that he's a big hip hop fan, yeah. which is like central to his character for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. We are we are halfway through the movie at least. Uh, so we are we are now uh, seeing that he's super into his dick, super into hip hop. Both of these things come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Jennifer Lopez's ex girlfriend also finds. Very easily, easily finds Ben Affleck's apartment. apartment because this part apartment is just a rotating cast of side characters. The great thing about hiding out is that you're <laughs> you want to do it in a place where everyone already knows they can find you, and you want to never lock your door, and you want to drive around in a convertible, just heralding the world into your tiny shitty apartment. Yep. 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 Uh, and. And this character, this uh, Jennifer Lopez ex-girlfriend character, who emerges briefly, never comes back, does basically two things. She proposes a threesome with Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, tearfully, and then slits her wrists. Yeah. And and that's 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 this whole character. That's the scene. And scene. It does absolutely nothing, except that there's a follow-up scene where she's bandaged up and in the hospital... And Ben Affleck just lovingly looks over at Jennifer Lopez, uh, consoling this woman who just tried to kill herself. And that's when he realizes he's like smitten. Yeah, and so and that scene also grants there. us it also grants us the worst line yeah. that sets up the worst callback yeah. in the movie, and maybe that we've watched for this show so far. She's like the ones at the Baywatch. They make my penis sneeze. And then a little, a few moments later, he says, God bless, God bless you. And he says, <laughs> he says, thank you. And he goes, no, God bless you. God bless you, penis. He was talking to his penis. Yeah, so. I both want to talk about this and I don't. Yeah. Uh, penile sneeze, if you will. A penis sneeze. I mean, it's. The. Okay. Obviously, it's obviously it's referencing ejaculation, right? Yeah. But it seems like maybe like spontaneous ejaculation while yeah. watching Baywatch uh-huh. that also uh, maybe occurs silently in the hospital. Uh, yeah, I think it happened. <laughs> right, but like, there's nothing happening at the time. No. All that's happening is that Jennifer Lopez is like with a woman who just tried to kill herself, and and that's. That's just enough for Hangover Rain Man to spontaneously ejaculate sitting next to Ben Affleck, like, like Ooh, resting his head on Ben Affleck. That. That's such a dark aspect of that character. It's ex- what it's he's, He has so dark. far not been sexualized in any way, and he has a sexual awakening watching um, uh, an ex-couple have an emotional moment while one of them is being hospitalized. So fucked uh, up. It's honestly so fucked up that you let that they let you see her slash her wrist because it's just the most violent, aggressive scene, and it's disrespectful. And then it's just over, and it's like, why do that at all? That's the most triggering yeah. fucking thing. Why do it at all? Didn't matter. Every just now and throw then, that scene away. Every now and then, this movie makes like an abrupt turn into a different movie. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of them. Yeah, like if it was uh, a much darker movie, but then it's, it's a much back to movie. making 
like literally seconds later, it's making penis sneeze jokes. So I'm yeah, and and that's right when you get the the yes sure, uh, yeah, suck your dick for twelve hours thing. Yep. Uh, so uh, the you know mobster Nick Bargatze then says that like this extortion thing isn't working well enough. You need to cut off this child's toe, and uh, no thumb. Sorry, thumb. thumb. Yeah, yeah, and the toe uh, of the hand. I got. Yeah, I got confused about it because the t- there's references there's to the, toes being toe. pieces earlier. Yeah. Uh, and so they decide uh, not to cut off his thumb, but to go to a morgue and cut off a dead person's thumb. Yeah. And, and while Ben Affleck's doing it, uh, Hangover D- Rain Man does like a full verse of Baby Got Back. Yep. Ap- apropos of nothing. Yeah. Uh, just like... Out of nowhere, and it's, that's all you get. It's just like camera on him while Ben Affleck saws a toe off in the background, uh, thumb off. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, half half of the hit Sir Mix-a-Lot track, "Baby Got Back." Uh, oh yeah, he just does and, it. He does. I bet he did the whole song, and they cut it for time. The only, yeah, probably. The only thing they cut for time in this two-hour monstrosity. And, and then we flash to uh, to like a UPS. Where Ben Affleck just puts a severed thumb into an envelope in front of a UPS person, who then just like straight up eye fucks J Lo, yep. and that's that's that scene. That's that uh, scene because you know what? Every lesbian knows every other lesbian in the Greater Los Angeles <laughs> area. She she reveals that they used to be. What does she say? They were uh, they were friends. They were old friends. She just clear clearly they used to bang, and that's because. Every the lesbian community has fourteen people in it, and they've all had sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, girl stuff. Girl yeah. stuff. Martin and, and Then gets we it. get a, Then we get a, another horrible Baffleck monologue. That's just about how sad he is for himself. Oh yeah. Lopez His baby Wawa monologue about how butthurt he it's, is that he can't have sex with a lesbian. Like. And it works. And. And then it works, it right? Works. And then he turns Jennifer Lopez at least bisexual, and they they fuck, but not before Jennifer Lopez gives another real mm, beautiful, oh so good line. It's turkey time. Gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. <laughs> Lay some of that sweet heterolingus on me, Shalo. Uh... I will give it that heterolingus is a little bit of a funny turn of phrase, but the whole thing is, it's, it's the most, I was so taken aback and I knew it was coming. That's the thing. I remembered that line from this movie. It's like almost the only thing I remembered. And I was still just like, holy shit, they kept it in the movie. Yeah. She said it with a straight Uh, face. Really sold it. And, and then they fuck to this like. Sweet string music? You know what it sounds like? I made a note. The music sounds like it's in a Lifetime or a Hallmark movie. It's like... It's a fucking notebook. Slow, but like not high budget like the notebook. It sounds like like stock music that's like slow acoustic guitar, really bare bones, and like... You know, if you walked into a gift shop that sold like little porcelain figurines and like doilies this is what would be playing in the background and they fuck to it yep 
the that was sort of the moment where I realized that the soundtrack to this movie is absolutely bananas. Yeah, it's uh, so nuts. It, it has, has two like, songs. No. It has dramatic, weird, slow acoustic guitar song, and then one of those like kind of dad keyboard funk that's like a dur, 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 dur. yeah, it's total Randy Newman, <laughs> yeah. total Randy Newman. Uh, except no, there's one other. So uh, we then go to meet the like the big mob boss, who's Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. You know. And he's sure. I'm sorry, in the movie. we're gonna have to circle back before we move on. There's a oh, thing that, yes. that Ben Affleck says post coitus. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they yes. do call back and he says, God bless you, penis. Right. Yep. He could have said God bless you. That? We all knew what it meant. We just talked about it. But don't worry. Yeah. He's not gonna yeah, let us forget. It's uh it's because, you know, because he ejaculated. It's the movie's favorite Thanks. joke. You know Thanks. when you can tell Thanks, a movie Mark has Dress. its own personality and its own preferences? <laughs> the movie likes this joke the best, and it wants to make sure you didn't miss it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Christ. <laughs> okay, so now we've got Al Pacino yeah. screaming at the top of his lungs for absolutely just, no reason. Just nonstop. <laughs> like, in the middle of it, like, suddenly, like, brutally murders mobster Nate Bargatze. Uh, yeah, he shoots him in the head like, in front of a fish tank, and the fish tank is fine, by the way. The fish tank is fine, but the fish eat the yeah, brains. Yeah, the brains do fall so like, into the fish tank. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, so th- like that happens. Al Pacino does some yelling. It's just kind of, I mean, it's whatever. It's, it's he's, fine. It's like it's confusing. He's in the movie. Very generic yelling. Yeah, he's just being and, a mob and then, guy. And then he's like, "I'm also going to kill you two. And Jennifer Lopez talks her way out of it uh, to let them live. And as she's doing that, as she's delivering that monologue, there's this, like, instrumental Jack Johnson music playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they love that like, the, like, slack key guitar is ever-present in this film. <laughs> it's it's just so bizarre. And then we get another Hangover Rain Man rap in this yeah. movie. And, and then... Ben Affleck teaches Hangover Rain Man how to talk to women. Yeah. And it's it's saying specifically the following phrases. Hello, how are you today? Lovely weather we're having. Mm-hmm. And they do this, like, call and response in the car as he teaches Hangover Rain Man to say, <laughs> Hello, how are you today? Lovely weather we're having. What's the point of that fucking scene? Uh, well, it... It is supposed to pay off because the next thing is they're they're driving Hangover Rain Man to the facility where he lives, uh, like the adult care facility or whatever. And on mm-hmm. the way, he looks over and he flips the fuck out because Baywatch is being filmed there. I mean, if, if you can call it Baywatch, it's it looks like a Frankie. It looks like one of those like um like a. 60s beach movie where beach blanket Babylon. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Where it's just like a bunch of like adults in swimsuits dancing around. Um, but they pull over and let him participate in Baywatch. Like he's just gonna wander onto set, even though he's the only fully clothed man there wearing so much clothing. It's just nothing but tan naked oh, bare bodies. Not naked, but basic you know, swimsuit naked, and then there's just this guy in a hoodie. Uh and the director yells for everybody to couple up to do some dancing, and he turns to face this woman who has and ends up having an Australian accent, much like the Australian accent likes. that he he has a thing for this weather lady. Anyway, 
Um, so they, they don't, I mean, they don't hit it off. He just recites a bunch of weather stuff at her about the weather in, um, in Eastern Australia. And then Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez leave in a car. Yeah. And they leave yep. him there conceivably yep. forever. <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah, drive I, away. I, I just love, I mean, of all that, the thing that I love the most is that the the director yells action and is presumably looking at the crowd and sees this this fucking adult man child dressed head to toe for winter in this beach dance party. Not dancing, just standing still Not dancing. and shifting nervously in the middle of a crowd of just tan sculpted bodies and it happens for so long. And the director is just like, fuck yeah, roll with it. Because yep. that's what the director of this movie was doing. <laughs> and, uh, and then Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, yeah, there's some like, will they, won't they? And then they'd ride off into the sunset to black gospel music. <laughs> yeah, the music that plays over the credits. I stopped and just sat there for a moment like, where did they have other songs and they couldn't afford them? And then this is what they, because the movie cost $54 million. <laughs> they had, they could have put anything in there. They could have put Rolling Stones in there if they wanted, but they went with this, like these things that feel like they came off of a royalty free website and were right. just thrown in as placeholders. And then no one did anything about it. The soundtrack's yeah. honestly crazy. It's, they could have played the entire White Album. It's crazy. But, like, they... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... Like, he's left at I mean, the that's... beach alone. And they give... The whole end-all, be-all to this movie is that Ben Affleck, for a really long time, smiles and stares at uh, this character, uh, Hangover Rain Man, dancing on the beach, just carefree and gleeful, and that's like his character arc. Is he's become the good guy that can bring this person who he's just been railing against the entire movie and do a nice thing for him, and then abandon him at the beach. Oh, and you also get the this like weird culmination of this truly strange juvenile recurring thing about fingernails and how men look at their fingernails yeah like if you're feminine you hold your hand out but if you're manly you would like kind of curl your hand in and like yeah and like we see that ben affleck holds his hand out and at the end you get this real moment where hangover rain man looks at his fingernails like a man does like and then who, oh and then and then Jennifer Lopez this movie? he he gifts his classic car to her for some reason so that he can just also be stranded at the beach but then it's okay cuz she swoops him up in the car and the last thing like basically the last thing she says to him as they're about to drive away is that he would look good in mascara I don't mm -hmm. think that I do not think that Martin Brest has ever met a lesbian I'm not convinced he knows what they are Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know when you're pretty gay, but you do <laughs> want to have a lot of man sex, and you also want to dress that man up with mascara and maybe make out with his mom? It's a confusing world. I don't know. Women. Right. <laughs> wow, who knows? <laughs> this movie's like... Yeah, man. I'm so... Okay, I'm happy we watched it, though, because it was the most offensive, insane thing, but it was also an experience. 
It is an experience. An experience. The so, I mean, there's there's some IMDb on this that we should do. Uh, is there anything else on the like the substance of the movie that we want to squeeze out of this? No. Before I, we jump into the magic of the IMDb pages like, related to this. No. The only the only highlight I wrote down that my when my brother was a freshman in high school, he had an English class and he thought it would be he had to do a speech and he thought it would be really funny to put headphones on and listen to music while he gave the speech just to be a little like punk ass and the end result is exactly what you think it would be where he basically just like scream recited this speech at the class because the music was loud and he was trying to talk over it and his friend was sitting in the front row just looking at him like oh my god dude this is an insane thing to be doing in high school English class and I think about that when I'm watching Al Pacino deliver all his lines it's like someone put (laughs) earbuds in his ears and then cranked up like Metallica while he's trying to just get through the script it really made me happy. I'm like, what's he trying to talk over? It's a silent room. It was good stuff. Yeah, he, it was good stuff. Also, the weird ponytail they put on it. It's just, it just seems like he dropped in for a second. And, like, it's also the longest monologue in this movie full of monologues. Like, nobody ever interrupts him. He's just talking yeah. for, like, four straight minutes. Yeah, because, like, okay, because he won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman directed by the director of this movie. Written and directed yes. by this movie, this movie's director. So it kind of feels like maybe Martin Brest thought he kind of owed him one. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you know how I skyrocketed you into a different echelon of actor, and uh, and I'm still down here grubbing around with Geely. <laughs> you better show up. There's a big paycheck and a big monologue in it for you. I love Hollywood. This swept the Razzies, by the way. It got worst movie, worst actress, worst actor, worst screenplay, and worst director. So it was, it was a hit. I mean, it it earned it with fucking blood and teeth. Uh, Only made seven million back, so took a little bit of a hit at the old box office. But you know, it was one of the biggest weekend over weekend drops ever, right? Yeah. I remember when this movie came out, um, I was watching the Conan O'Brien show, and they were doing a funny bit where they tried to pay people to go in and watch Geely, and people would just <laughs> hand the money back after, like, 20 minutes and be like, dude, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so let's explore the world of IMDb. I feel like it has some treasures to offer us. Yeah, so so the the Martin Brest production notes, they're not they're not funny, per se, but they... They give you a lens into, like, just how fucking serious he took the making of this movie. On the character of Brian, who is Hangover Rain Man. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of a character being challenged in some way. But somehow he feels he's missing on something that the others in the real world enjoy. A, a vague desire for something he doesn't fully understand. That's there in Justin's portrayal of Brian. All Brian wants to do is get to this imaginary place where life will be perfect. Uh, in essence, he's talking about all he lacks in his life. Normality, sexuality, being attractive, having a date. But it all gets jumbled up in his head. And he thinks if he can just get to that place, he'd be normal and maybe even have a girlfriend. Uh, on casting Geely, I thought of Ben for a couple of reasons. He has the physical presence to make Geely intimidating. But he also <laughs> possesses a wonderful vulnerability. He has this very outgoing nature, simultaneously reveals a certain amount of self-doubt. 
Ben understands the character's contradictions, his bullying, thug-like behavior, and that layer of sensitivity. It was fascinating to watch him juggle those emotions. Oh my god, this guy. There is, there is absolutely no part of Ben Affleck's character that seems like it could be a hitman. He's mm-hmm. just a whiny mm-hmm. no. little bitch the entire movie. Like, lesbians <laughs> don't want to fuck me. That's his only character trait. And then anytime he's got to do anything violent or aggressive, he's cowering. And like Jennifer Lopez is reading books about being Zen, like, peace seeker. Neither of them wants to kill a human being. But that's their only nope. function in this mob. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, do we want plot keywords? Of course we want plot keywords. It's my favorite time of day. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, I think we have no panties in this one. No. Uh, we do. I, well, I don't think. Well. I guess her. Well, we'll see. Her pants do stay on in frame. Right. Yes. You, you do have F word as the number one. One found this relevant. Uh, lesbian, gangster, thug, strong language. Surname as title. <laughs> Looking at the camera. Cartoon on TV. Hairy chest. Bare-chested male. Sun Tzu. Sure comes a bunch. Uh-huh. Severed thumb. Witness protection program. Wheelchair. Weather. Watching TV. Walkie-talkie. Vagina. Underwear. <laughs> turkey. Perfect. Uh, thumb. Talking to oneself in a mirror. Talking dirty. Talking to the camera. Subpoena. Stupidity. <laughs> slug. <laughs> oh, because sea slug is the other thing a penis is likened to. Right, right, yeah, a, right, a right, toe, right, 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 right. A big toe yep. and a sea slug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, poppy seeds. Uh, policeman. Pop- poppy seeds. Uh, penis. Payphone. Uh, mother-son relationship. Lips. Kiss. Insulin. Injection. <laughs> okay. Hand job? Hand job. Hand job. Hand job. Is there a hand job in this movie? I don't I is don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so is the thing about it. Uh I like that some wrist- of this some of these plot keywords are either wishful thinking or incorrect <laughs> um assessment. Yep. Uh wrist slitting, cunnilingus, uh cafe, brother brother relationship, I guess. Assumed identity? Assumed identity? Huh. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, shot in the head. Aquarium. Mentally disabled. Mob enforcer. Product placement. Ooh, I didn't catch the product placement, did you? No. Oh, I guess Charmin. And then Tabasco. Oh, those yeah, are the two labels that he I reads. I guess actually for... extremely prominent yeah, product yeah, placement. Yeah, yeah, actually. The biggest product. He reads everything on the bottle. Yeah, the the lack of I'm not gonna say the lack of panties, uh, but the, the there aren't. That's not. I mean, I guess that you just they chose not to put it in the movie, uh, yeah. and you gotta respect that. I uh, do. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, those plot keywords kind of read like the experience of watching the movie. Like, if you wanted mm-hmm. to just skip the whole movie watching experience, but then just run down the list and read all those things in the order you just read them, like that felt like watching the movie to me. Save yourself yeah. some words. Read like the 200 plot keywords and save yourself the 200 words that each monologue has because good God. 
the the parents guide to this movie is like the most I have felt a parents guide on IMDb so far <laughs> for sure. Uh, I mean, there's some that are like yeah, you know, that kind of like light horniness that you get from the parents guide of yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck discuss sex explicitly while she does yoga in a revealing outfit. B- Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck have sex with her on top. It's, it's, it's an important. Definitely uh, gotta include that detail. Note. Uh, on frightening and intense scenes, we got these two. Uh, the scene where the man gets shot in the head is pretty disturbing, largely due to the fact that it's unexpected. It occurs late in the film, which up to that point has been fairly light and comical. Correct. Uh-huh. This one, though. The characters seem to get angry and yell with no resolution to them, probably because of how poor the film is. <laughs> Ridiculed with plot holes. That's not what you meant to write, my friend, but it, like, it's, it's perfect. Yes. yes. Uh, Everyone's angry and nothing gets resolved. And the film, while riddled with plot holes, is also, I would say, ridiculed with plot holes by itself. Uh, yeah, it's... In the violence and gore section, it does mention a man breaking a laptop computer over his knee. <laughs> which in the violence section? In the violence and gore, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe that was written by like a Dell executive. <laughs> There's other product placement, but not the kind you want, though. Man, that's funny. Yeah, it's this. Suckmydick.com. Suckmydick.com. I just, I, I just hated this movie so much, Michelle. It's the worst thing. It's terrible, terrible. It, there's some movies that get this like horrible rap, but then like the experience of watching them is decidedly very fun. I feel like I never stop talking about the quickening, but that's probably Highlander too. Yeah. You know, it got like 0% on Rotten Tomatoes and I recommend everyone watch it because it's just fun the whole time and it's great. This movie got 6% on Rotten Tomatoes and it's just so fucking terrible. I feel like there's, unlike, I think it's probably the case for both Highlander 2 and, uh, in high school, that, like, they kind of knew what movie they were making mm-hmm. here. Uh, there's also quotes from Affleck and J-Lo about, like, how great it was to work with Martin Brest, yeah. how nurturing he was toward actors, how he let them just, you know, really explore the space and do the work. Like, they thought they were were making a good movie. Jennifer Lopez is quoted as saying... Brest was only interested in what was going to make the best movie and bring out the best performances. Like, like they all read the script, though. It feels like everyone's agent had a, a real axe to grind against them, and they put them in this movie as like a little, fuck you, see how you do now. <laughs> every, if you read the script, that's the biggest problem. There are so many problems, but that is far and away the biggest problem. And they all read it, and they're like, checks out, can't wait. Yeah. Every day on set yeah, I mean, is a new day to learn about the craft of frankly, acting and directing. Frankly, I kind of think that J-Lo's okay in this. She's like, fine. She's not, she's not great, but like, I think she's doing her best in a thing, and just this like absolutely unmanageable fucking Kobayashi Maru movie. Yeah. She's fine. She's like, I mean, you know, it's peak J-Lo also. I think this is like right, at, right around Jenny from the block era J-Lo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, super hot commodity. She's in a bunch of rom-coms around this time, and she looks great. Her role is shitty, but she's trying her damn best. And then there's just Ben Affleck, 
who had already won an Oscar, by the way. He had already won a screenwriting Oscar for Good Will Hunting. Yeah, for Good Hunting, yep. Multiple uh, Oscar winner Ben Affleck. Oscar. There, so uh, the combined salaries of Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck on this movie is more than three times the worldwide gross yeah, of this movie. They made like it's 12 so million bucks good. or something, and it didn't even make, it didn't even clear eight. Yep. God, it's marvelous. So great. It's like, it is really satisfying to see a thing and be upset about that thing, and for that thing to get exactly the treatment that it deserved, and for everyone <laughs> to get the treatment they deserved for participating in it. You know? And... And then it ruined Martin Brest's career it did. completely. It, it actually he, eliminated his career. <laughs> yeah. He never did a thing again. Yeah. He didn't do a series of shittier and shittier things and sort of fade into oblivion. This was like a scorched earth, oh, blacklisted, it. unless he died and I don't know about it. That is the only nah, other. he's alive. <laughs> do you think, okay, clearly all the actors in this movie understand why it's bad. Do you think that he understands why he made a bad movie? Uh, I. It's a good question. Some of the trivia suggests that he he was intending to make like a gritty mob movie, which is also funny. What? When you think about this, like it, and that like the studio shoehorned it into a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. which, like, there's reasons to be mad about the studio doing that, but like. There's no version of what appeared on our screen that could possibly be good. Unless they kill off the main characters at the end out of nowhere. There's just no version of this movie that's gritty either. It's it's just a bunch of soft, Jersey-accented people living in Southern California, taking a lot of outdoor lunch meetings and hanging out in their shitty apartments. There's no, like seedy underbelly underbelly of crime vibe whatsoever no there's there's just nothing to this movie <laughs> other other than like this exploration of like male sexual fantasies with like but even then even then like they've made it in the worst most ham-handed, juvenile, fucking, like, seventh-grade home project way, yep. but for $75 million. This was, like, right after uh, Ben Affleck was in Chasing Amy, so it was the arc of his career where he just had sex with lesbians in movies for a while. Yeah, yeah, that was just uh, his thing. Yeah, uh, oh, man. Unforgivable. Oh, it's just so bad. It's just so embarrassing and bad. Um I feel like I know the answer because I know my answer. If you were to be a character in this movie, uh, so I—I I mean, I definitely have the person I like the most in this movie. But I think if I were going to be a character in this movie, I'd be Al Pacino's character because he at least gets to murder somebody in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he gets the pleasure of eliminating someone from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Also, he is given full fucking free reign in that scene, and he's just exploring the space. Like, there's really no mm-hmm. no one saying no to Al Pacino. His character gets mm-hmm. to do whatever the fuck it wants, including only uh, be in the movie for like four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, what everyone should want. What about you? Okay, Al Pacino. There's a good argument for Al Pacino. I like the idea of 
Christopher Walken being a cop. Because that's mm-hmm. a man who's on doing his job, being a detective. But essentially, his role in his career is to walk into the room and baffle people. He just <laughs> enters into private residences, wherever he wants to go, and then is given just a nice little podium to say some stuff. And say some stuff he does. And I have, in my fantasy, this version of his character where he just enters rooms and does that all day long until he goes home. And, I mean, beyond that, his job is to explain to criminals what their job (laughs) is. (laughs) Yeah, it's like the movie Reached a Crossroads where it's like, do people understand what's happening? Do people not understand what's happening? I know. Ben Affleck doesn't know what's happening. Like, literally, in the context of the movie, (laughs) Christopher Walken tells him what crime he's doing. It's it's so good. Yeah, it is. He explains he explains criminals to themselves, and then throws a little (laughs) like left like left field uh, non sequitur in there that just leaves leave them laughing, you know, or at Mm -hmm. least leave them real confused. Yeah, I mean, he's, his life is probably the, pretty good. I I feel like that's the kind of that's the only good cop is that cop. The only good cop. <laughs> Do no ill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what a pleasure oh, it's been. Yeah. Uh, would you recommend oh, this movie to oh. people? Like, would you tell someone this is a shitty movie? Go watch it because I feel like I a hundred percent would. Probably, probably, probably. I. It is such an unpleasant experience, but probably there's one thing I neglected to tell you, which I feel like is a good place to go out on. So I watched this movie on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. and I was searching for it on like my uh, my Roku, where I have to like choose letter by yeah. letter. Uh, so I put in G I G L, and what pops up is not the major motion picture Geely, but a gigantic list. Of the Giggle Bellies, which is not spelled G-H-G-L. It's a, it's a children's cartoon. I am a, I'm sure fucking Roku knows, that uh, Amazon knows that I am a 33-year-old childless man. But it, it is so skeptical that anybody would want to watch Geely that it has Did decided mean... that I would rather watch the Giggle Bellies. Are you sure? Did you mean... No, no, this costs money, though. I think that you may be meant <laughs> your dollars would be better spent having a giggle belly good time. 100% true. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we could have had a different discussion here today. It would have been shorter and more pleasurable, but also <laughs> uh, just... Uh, uh. Just happy that I could share this movie with you, and I haven't seen it since I was 17, so I'm glad I could revisit what is one of the worst cinematic experiences of my life so far. For sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you for gifting this horrible experience to me. You're Uh, welcome. Well, I mean, until until next time, uh, I'll be be Henry. I will still be Michelle. And experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. (laughs) 